Welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. The PSF's mission is to provide education and employment assistance to help currently and formerly incarcerated people succeed and thrive in society, while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of re incarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform and correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn more about becoming a board member. You can also email us at info at prisonscholars.org and find us through most social media platforms at Prison Scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. We appreciate your review of this podcast through whatever platform you listen through. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Velsen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund. So once again, from Styles Hall at UC Berkeley, we have Juan Flores. Hey, welcome, <laughs> welcome to our social impact. I think the first time I met you, or even before I met you, I heard you did the Tough Mudder. Yeah, correct. Have you done that before? Is this your second one or this first one? This is my second Tough Mudder, yeah. So was it that tough? It, it was. I think it's, it was a little bit more challenging. I did the, the Tough Mudder about 20 pounds ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was much lighter. But I completed all the obstacles. Uh, last time, this one, I just I fell on one of them. Ah, what can you do? We're not 19 anymore. No, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I am still. Well, that's the thing is like, uh, after not doing stuff for a while, like your brain still thinks you're 19 because you can remember doing it, and then your body's like, man, what what are you doing? Well, I think I I, I left prison like that, <laughs> feeling like I was still a certain age, but I wasn't. And so that's something kind of unique about us because you're at, you're at Berkeley, number one public university in the, in the state of California. Uh, I did prison time too. We have a prison history, but we also have history of going from a really kind of fucked up environment to you're at one of the best schools. So how did that happen? Um, I mean, that's like the dream. People dream to go to Berkeley. So I've heard. And I've here heard. You are. I've heard several times. I didn't aspire to go to Berkeley. I didn't know what Berkeley was. I think I aspired uh, to just you know I was not aspired, but more look forward to ended up ending up in prison. That's where everybody was was pretty much going. That's like the, the, the norm in your neighborhood. Yeah, that's the norm. Seems like it is for a lot of, uh, you know, marginalized communities. Yeah, where'd you grow up? What part of town? Um, what part of California? San, in San Diego. I'm from San Diego, California. Okay. Uh, more specifically in the South Bay Area. Um, I'd say like uh, between Borderline and Pearl Beach and San Isidro. So kind of what was your path to prison, if, whatever you want to talk about? Uh, my path to prison? Dang. Like maybe when did it start? Um, I started drinking at the end of nine. And tried, you know, a couple, couple, uh, couple puffs of some marijuana. And then boom, became a full-fledged uh, crystal meth addict by the age of 14. So Yikes. I, yeah. yeah. So I think that, that pretty much was, that sealed it for that, sure. That sealed the deal. <laughs> Nail in the <laughs> coffin, huh? That sealed, yes. Yeah, that sealed it for sure. Were you just doing the drugs? You're out there gangbanging too, or yeah, selling them? Yeah, I was out there just, you know, running amok. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> running amok, and this is—it's just—it's surreal to be here now. So juvenile time first, and then prison? No, or? no, no juvenile time. I, I, I kind actually of skated through all that. I thought I was lucky, to be honest. On my 18th birthday, I said I, I remember telling one of the homies, 
I never getting busted. I was kind of cocky. And same day, sure enough, I got busted. 18th birthday? 18th birthday. Oh, shit. And here we go to county jail. Now you're an adult. Yeah, for vandalism, commercial burglary, uh, drunken public, uh, stuff like that. So that's that's pretty much, that right there pretty much, for sure, the, the system kind of just kept a hold on me. Once you got out, just kept doing it. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, you know, I was in and out um, for for minor offenses um, until I kind of, I caught some, some, some more serious offenses. Um, kind of like me, probably a little bit, life on the installment plan, just <laughs> nickel and dime in your way. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, it just, it was, it was, it was very different. Um, a lot of my, uh, most of the, the times I've been arrested, if not all, have always had something to do with the substance, whether it's alcohol or methamphetamines, you know, things of yeah. that nature. Your go fast guy. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. So when you, uh, so you're doing a long term, what was your longest sentence? I was sentenced to 40 months. So I was arrested for 211 and 2245. Um, with solid daily weapon, great body injury. Um, I ended up signing for some some strikes. Um, you know, I, I think uh, someone else touched on this earlier. You know, someone coming from, from with no aspiration, no goals, uh, not knowing, you know, or not having the, the socioeconomic means to kind of like, you know, afford a lawyer or be informed. You know, parents were already involved in a certain lifestyle. So not having the support, I was pretty much just feeding for myself. Um, so I ended up signing for this joint suspension of four years. So I did about, this is uh, like seven, almost about seven months. It was six, uh, county year, county lid. Uh, so I ended up doing six months, 20 days, almost seven months. Got out, um, probation, probation's, uh, I, I honestly preferred uh, parole. <laughs> probation was kind of petty. Um, very strict. A lot, a lot of technical stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It was for sure. Like, it, it was like if I, I once I got off pro, on, on parole, it was like, oh, we're well, already on parole. This is the highest. This is where you. This is it. You know, the highest level of supervision. So I think I feel like the the job of the probation officer was pretty much to, you know, not assist you. Um, so to yeah. assist you back in. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, I got four years, um, uh, uh, hanging over my head, and uh, you know, I just got out and another violation for under the influence got out and then boom I caught a commercial burglary from a store in my neighborhood um, and uh, they pretty much just gave my joint suspension my sentence that was suspended had been suspended in four years mm-hmm. uh, so they gave me uh, I ended up with 40 months um, after they took some time from doing county time and stuff like that so you do 85% of that? Yeah, so they sent me to the 40. I did that, um, maxed out, um, you know. Lost all the good time, just doing shit sure. inside. Just, just, yeah, just doing some. You just got to be a convict. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I guess that that's really where, where it took off. Um, you know, I was out on the streets. Just I, I didn't know better, you know, like there was no one that showed me. A certain path you know I just I just learned by by watching yeah your family wasn't supportive with a college was an expectation no nah, college was definitely not an expectation um, was it ever an opportunity for you do you ever think about it was it ever mentioned there was never an opportunity for me I think um, I understand that even more uh, now 
um, especially how society and the government and, and, and all this, how society just works in general. But, you know, I, I, I didn't go, I didn't have, you know, I, was, I went to school, we didn't have the best schools. I uh, grew up in poverty. Uh, my father was, uh, he was born in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, but he was raised in, with my mom too. They were all raised in, in the city of, uh, the community of San Isidro. So they're, they're from that area. Um, and, I, and I grew up mostly towards Imperial Beach. So, you know, my, my father, he already lived in that lifestyle. You know, by that lifestyle, I, I mean um, what people would come, what society or, or, or the state calls a gang. Um, you know, so we lived, he lived a certain lifestyle as I did as well. Um, and that kind of like, obviously that, that didn't favor me. Um, there was a lot of uh, domestic violence, you know, uh, uh, you know, police violence, you know, being raided uh, by the cops, by INS, uh, which is now ICE. Um, so DEA, sheriffs, pro, probation, you know, ATF. I remember these. That's your baseline. That's, that's, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, your, everybody's here one. except the CIA. <laughs> I've never seen the CIA, but, but pretty much I can name all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, because my, my dad, he used yeah, to. The whole alphabet suit. Yeah, my daddy, uh, he liked making money. That's all I can say for that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when he got deported, I was like 12, 13 years old. So, you know. So you're a citizen. You're born here, but he had to go back. Correct. Um, he was deported for uh, tw about $20 worth of of a substance, of a controlled substance. And then here you go. Um, well, they caught him for that, and then once they ran his name. Yeah, they caught him, they arrested him. He did his time, and then they, they ended up deporting him. So that's, that's, that was when I was about 13 years old. So here goes my mom, a single mom, um, working to raise three kids on her own. Minimum wage was back then, six seventy-five, seven twenty-five. So you grew up in the trailer park, you know, poverty, uh, no male role models. You know, there's drugs and, 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 and whatever you want. The police scene is still around. So it's kind of a natural path to prison. Yeah, basically, you know, when you don't know better or you don't know different, I should say, it's just like when you have options, you're able to choose, you feel me? I, I, that's how I see it. And when you have the support, you're encouraged even to choose even um, the, just what you want to do. And, and, well, I didn't have that. So here I am, um, you know, so, time. So, so all of that sounds pretty natural from that situation. Uh, so what happened? What, like, what changed in you? Was it when you're doing time? Did, like, no. Like, yeah. What? Uh, that's the fascinating part. Shoot, it, uh, I guess it's. I paroled with two hundred dollars in my pocket, nowhere to go, homeless to the streets, yeah, with the, expectations the old to gate money to make. Yeah, to to make it. I don't know how the hell. We had they 40 in Washington, that. so you're, you're, oh, you're doing good down here. Oh, I'm better. Well, by the time I got to San Diego, I had about $80 or less. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I didn't yeah, have What are you supposed to do with 80 right? Sure. Or 200 even. Especially me. I had lost all contact from my family. Um, you know, I went back to my neighborhood where they embraced me. Yeah, because now you're legit. Yeah. You get your, your interest stripes. Building your <laughs> resume. Nah, why not? I wasn't like that, but I was just <laughs> mostly on the mellow side yeah. when I was incarcerated. But you know, I just you know went back to the neighborhood. You know, uh, I had a I had an address, but you know my my parole officer he was he was a dick, so and I know they ended up telling me that he went over and he was just pounding on the door too hard and I couldn't stay there no more. So my only address that I had 
um, he kind of like fucked it off for me. Um, so here I am, you know, on the streets again, getting high, banging, um, you know, just not, not doing nothing with my time, aside from just drinking, getting high. Um, but then, you know, I think uh, the, the consumption of, of methamphetamine kind of led me in a different direction, you know. And I just, I don't know, I just, something clicked. I know something had to have clicked, you know. I know I asked my parole officer uh, that I need some help, right? Uh, he said, what kind of help? And because he went to see me when I was busted. And I was just like, some help? Like, I'm trying to, like, rehab or some shit. You know, he, yes, he, just something. What, what's that? Yeah, after? something. So he ended up taking me for the third time to a different program. Each time was a different program. And I ended up staying at this uh, behavior modification program or therapeutic community. So this time the probation office is actually helping. Yeah, this pro officer was, yeah, very, very, uh, very supportive. Um, I was shocked and surprised. Um, Instead of just violate, th- violate you, throw you back in. Yeah. He's like, here's some programs we got. Yeah, he, he Some knew. of them resonated with you. You could do them. Yeah, he knew I was high because I told him I'm high. I just need a program. He said, boom. Yeah, I'm high as fuck, man. Yeah, so, something. so that was about it. So I ended up staying in this program for um, two years, total of two years. Um, that's um, through, there was a lot of more funding then than there is now for uh, people coming home. Um, I think people under I, I don't know, but some individuals might think like, oh, people are they're doing things for former incarcerated folks. Well, not not entirely. <laughs> um, you know, this program I know that I I still go there um, to this day. I go visit. It's in Vista, California, and and uh, I know that uh, the funding is not there no more. So I know that I'm I'm an example of what what can happen if you're giving the if the program the, pr- the program the support the services the resources to move forward. And what was that program called? It's called the Amity Foundation. Okay, Amity. Yeah, Amity Foundation. Okay. So it's a therapeutic community, and um, they have a in two, they're in Tucson, Vista, and Los Angeles. I think they have another location, but yeah. So I stayed there for about two years. The demonstrators are what they call them, not counselors, because they demonstrate. Okay. Um, they demonstrate by going to their job every day. By example. By be, correct. Okay. They demonstrate by they lead by example. And is that easier to deal with instead of just someone telling you what to do or or talking at you for hours? They're kind of doing it with you. Yeah, they're, they're they're doing it with you. They they listen to you. They talk with you. They have these conversations. They kind of like they spark these. They they just they give you these little golden nuggets, and then you you do what you want with it, you know. And 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 at that time, I won't. I dropped out of high school in ninth grade. I went back, but then the dropping out, I didn't finish. So I I, I started going to school, um, for my uh my high school diploma. And. Uh, you had that under the belt. Hmm? You get that under the belt? Yeah, I got. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, you know, nothing against no one on the GED, but I just felt like I could do my high school diploma, and so I did that. Um, um, so I did that, um, and uh, while I was in that program, there was this professor from Cal State San Marcos who came over. He would give classes with uh, another professor, Dr. Glover, and uh, he would give these classes, and the first book that they gave me uh, our prison's obsolete <laughs> by Angela Davis. Angela Davis, I heard her speak. Yeah, and he's amazing. So, so it's in, in in while I was busted, the first person who ever gave me a book that I actually read and complete was my homeboy, uh, my homeboy uh, from my neighborhood. Um, but it was it was a uh, it was just like one of those quick reads. It was nothing that would like you know um, would help you later on aside from just like reading, grammar, English, etc. 
So I read this, you know, I've been reading this book and it kind of, it, it got me to think. Um, it really did, it got me to think. So working full, uh, full time by then, graveyard shift, um, trying to get my high school diploma. I did that, um, graduating from Amity program um, with, with owning my own vehicle with a place to go. Um, I, I, I decided to pursue, continue to pursue my, uh, my education. And here I am at Palomar College. Um, I thought I was, I, I was the, well, I was the only one there and, and someone else that were formerly incarcerated. I mean, you, you can kind of tell if you look at me. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I have tattoos. Um, so I'm at community college. I don't know what I'm going to do there. I, I spent three years there. You just kind of fall in this path. Like, it yeah. sounds like you're just kind of drifted there into yourself, or do you, like, do you have mentors helping you get there? No, oh, yeah, that most definitely. Uh, I have mentors throughout. Um, when I, from Amity, from who Amity. I still continue to... So that's have, really supportive of you. Very supportive. Oh, cool. You know, they've been to some of my graduations. Um, you know, Ozzy, Sergio, the homie Miguel, Dr. Santos. You know, there's a lot of individuals that have helped me um, throughout the, my, whole, my whole process, my journey. And I've been very blessed to, uh, to have that. I know that if, if, if my homies or other individuals like myself had that, I know they can. They'd be right here and, and right next to me, you know. So, so I do. I do. Really, uh, I really do appreciate the opportunity that I've been given, um, and and and, and I'm, I only hope that you know I'm making the best out of it. Um, so here I'm at community college. I don't know. I just start getting involved, and, and and I grew a passion. First, it was like, oh, you know, I'm being affected by by certain obstacles I have to overcome by society or whatever, and. Uh, after I start, you know, I start reading more, learning more, I know that I found that, you know, obviously my, my issue, there's other issues too, you know, that have affected me, that affect other individuals. So I just started getting involved in anything and everything that I can do to give back to the community. I find that a lot. There are a lot of people that went through this, you know, this kind of crucible of really a whole lot of shit, and they kind of turn themselves around. They really do a lot of giving back. Yeah, I, I did a lot. Um, and I'm being modest when I say that. Um, I was involved in, when I was in my program I, uh, in, at Admity, I started, you know, I was working full-time, going to school full-time. But every Saturday I would make sure I'd volunteer, and I would volunteer at this uh, women's shelter, uh, women who were uh, physically, who experienced domestic violence. So they were their kids. So we would, you know, sit up the table, clean, and serve them, you know, the meal. So it was a humbling experience. You know, I started doing that. I know my mom was a was also someone who experienced domestic violence. Um, Is that why you volunteered there, because of moms? I, I I think at the end of the day, yeah, that that makes sense for me. But I, I honestly, I just I, I like just just being involved. Okay, you just know? helping out. Of some just way. helping, just helping out. And That's then, your community. You want, you yeah, want to help your community. Yeah, wherever I'm at, I, I I always have to be. I feel like I have to be hands on, and. Um, so yeah, I take the initiative, or at least I try, and I always, uh, <laughs> I always, you know, go and do something to help out instead of just read a book or a paper. You know, I find it fulfilling. But uh, so yeah, community college, I, I, I did some, some programs here and there. Got involved, you know, with tutor. Started going to speak to these uh, to youth who were in JCCS, so, so uh, juvenile court schools, basically. Um, started talking about my experience and where I was at, you know, just trying to encourage them and let them know, like, you know, it, it, it's possible, you know, hopefully I'll find the resources and the support. 
you know, so that's that's basically how I did it uh, while I was there in a nutshell. So you got community college nailed down, you got your AA? Yeah, I got my AA, um, sociology and psychology, um, social behavior science and general studies. I like three or four. Um, so did like a little bird land on your shoulder and say, hey, this is a place called Berkeley, why don't you give it a <laughs> shot? It's, it's funny because... It's, it's, man, my life is, is, is I, if I would just, one word, it's funny. Because, you know, through through me being involved and in, in, in being in these spaces, I was speaking at, you know, I had spoken at Cal San Marcos with uh, one of my mentors, uh, um, Dr. Juan Santos. And uh, so, you know, I connected with him. And through the connections, I was invited to one of his classes. And that's where I ran into the homie Flaco and uh, the homie uh, Danny Murillo. Okay. I knew a guy named Flacco years back. Or just the same one, who knows? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm right here in this in this in, in Dr. Uh, Santos class and uh, you know we're having this conversation and, and then okay, so I don't know who's who or what. So after we, we decide to go in and, and we have some, some lunch and then the, then Danny just goes on one. And Danny's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he was a yeah, he's great. Um he just started talking all this stuff, and I was like, "What the hell?" I, I didn't honestly, I didn't quite understand at the moment. I, I think I had to go home and process it more. But I was just—I really was surprised and shocked that he said that there's a bunch of us, there's a handful of us up at Berkeley. And I was like, "What?" So I started looking up, and that—and that was crucial moment because at that time I was gonna start applying to UCs. Um, so my heart was set on Santa Barbara, um, and. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I do acknowledge that I felt alone. Um, I felt like I, I, I really struggled at community college, not having that support. So you know, I said, I said, let's let's do it. So I ended up applying to UC Berkeley, and then a year later, when I got, oh no, months later, when I got accepted, I I, I texted Danny and said, hey, I got in, and boom, he inserted me into a group chat, and and that's where my other journey began. So what that feel like getting into, into Berkeley? Did you know the stigma? Like, you know, <laughs> you know the rankings, all that good stuff? No, nah, I don't know none of that. I didn't know what <laughs> deviance or stigma or I, like, I, all these big words. Like, I, there's there's a lot of things that I had. I still have yet to learn. It's just the next step. Okay, community college got that. Yeah, I got that. UC school, why not? Yeah, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know how. I don't know anything about Berkeley. Like, research. I don't know none of that. I don't know. I don't know how to navigate these spaces. Like, the, 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 the population is very different. Um, it was it was basically like a I was a, I was not it was a culture shock, you know, because in San Diego I, I, it was more brown folks. I'm up here. This is more Asian uh, white folks, and less of us. And it's just it's very different. The dynamic, the professors, is, it's a very different dynamic here in Berkeley. Um, I ended up getting waitlisted, and when I got that, I got into all the schools that I applied to, all the UCs for sure. Um, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. That's a lot of opportunity. It's, it's a lot. It feels good to have. I was able to choose. You yeah, know? you actually have choices. You can decide where I, you want to go. I did. Um, some people might get mad about this, but San Diego. I mean, I was I was there San Diego. I was like, wrong nah. UCSD. I was like, nah, not UCSD. And then I and then I got an acceptance letter from <laughs> from UCLA. I was like, hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> but because of the traffic, I was like, man, forget that. Uh, and then I never been at Berkeley, and I just said I ended up obviously choosing Berkeley. Let's take and, a crack at this one. And then it was like, damn, there's hella traffic here too. <laughs> so you know, it's just it's crazy. But I got waitlisted uh, for Berkeley. I, I know that 
probably hindered my application because I, there was a whole section I, I, I didn't complete. And at that time, I know I was, I was very frantic. I didn't know anything. You know, no one really, really helped me aside from one person. Um, so it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of stress. I didn't know how I was gonna apply for, how I was gonna pay for college. So I was also at the same time applying for a lot of scholarships. Um, I had, I had, I had stopped working for about a year already because I assumed that if I would make too much money, I'd get less money for school. So I don't know. There was a lot of things I did that, you know, don't make sense now. But you know, when I, I received a wait list, I, I was mad to be honest, mad and kind of like let down. Like, you know, I felt that I really put my heart and soul into the work, like working with my community, you know, changing my life around, you know, doing what society deems uh, positive. And, and, I, and I felt like, I, I, was, I, I felt left down. I felt left down and, and I was mad. And I was like, I was like, man, fuck Berkeley, for real. I was yeah. like, fuck Berkeley. But, the, but behind, uh, the, uh, something inside me still wanted to find out like, can you get in though? Yeah. Can you get in? So I said, fuck Keep you. Pushing. I I I would for for UC Santa Barbara, but I applied. For, I appealed. Um, appealed well, not appeal. Way. It's not an appeal. It's, it's basically you just they want to know a little bit more, like why you should get in. So they give you a prompt. It was about seven hundred words, something I had to write, and uh, I wrote why this. I guess. Well, you get, you why I would why would I would be a good fit, not deserve. Okay. Because I, I I didn't do that. It says why I deserve. Not deserve why I was a good fit for Berkeley and how it kind of it, it would compliment me. I would compliment Berkeley. It would compliment me. That's a good uh, um, prompt. What'd you say? Well, I said a lot. <laughs> I basically <laughs> yeah, said that. Words. I basically said that. You know, I, I turned everything, you know, all my flaws into strengths, and I continued to to move ahead, um, even though it was extremely hard for me with no one in my and as no one to help me really, aside from my mentors who who kind of helped me along the way, but. Before that, I was I was very lost. Kind of rolling um, solo on this. Yeah, um, but obviously I don't, I'll never take credit. You know, at least so credit for for being where I'm at, because you know it, it it was it was it did it was a lot of work from a lot of people that that supported me. Um, so I well here we go. I'm in Mexico. You know, I was traveling. I was in Mexico, and boom, they told me I got into Berkeley, and I was like. I was stressing. It was a good stress, though, <laughs> because I really want to go. I still do to Santa Barbara, um, and uh, they. I was like, man, hopefully, hopefully Berkeley rejects me because I know I'm gonna be stressing trying to decide which one. <laughs> so, so I get into Berkeley and I'm like hella happy or whatever, and I just start weighing everything. I start looking into the institutions, um, who I want to work with, what I want to do, and then honestly, it came down to like, where are you gonna? Where are you gonna feel you have more support? And it came down to being at UC Berkeley with the underground scholars. And how did you find out about them? Uh, with Danny. Yeah, Danny. Yeah. With Danny in that class. But um, you know, so I got in, I applied and everything, um, and and here I am. I just I drove up here, not knowing no, not knowing anything. You know, the first time I left San Diego, aside from going to Tijuana, which is right next door. I was, you know, was once well on a bus to state prison. You know, this so, is really the first time out of your hometown. Correct. This is this is I just said going to the big city of Berkeley. Let's go. Let's do this. I was like, there's nothing gonna stop me. So here I am. You know, I did this wait list. I got in, and so I come up here. I apply for for housing, um, not through an institution because it was already too late, but in the city of Berkeley and 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 
you know, here I am again, like, oh, wait list. I was like, man, fuck Berkeley, they didn't let me in. <laughs> and then here I am, I get in, so I was like, okay, everything's good I, now. I'm in, right? I'm yeah. in, everything's good. And then boom, I found a spot that's perfect for me. It, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's reasonable price, it's good, because it's expensive out here. And, and I, I met everybody, I went through this application process that students themselves have to see if you're gonna be a good fit for, for them to be a housemate. So everything was good to go and I applied and they, they put my name on the lease and what do you know, <laughs> I, I got denied housing because of my criminal record. Ah. So so here I am at Berkeley, I don't know what I was gonna do. Living was, in your car? No, luckily I, I, I continued to hustle. I mean, you know, if you're from the streets, you're, you, you, you hustle. You've you'll been, find you're something. You're you're gonna hustle. You, yeah. you'll, you'll make nothing into something. And just just as as underground scholars is a prime example of we you know from 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 basically from no support and no resources to to here we are, and uh, so I connected with a friend of mine. Um, he he's actually he was actually he's actually from San Diego, and I connected with him, and he said, yeah, you know, I'll give you a spot. Oh, so what year are you now at Berkeley? Oh, uh, this is my senior year, so this is my third year actually. Okay. So you know, I had a rough start. I mean, the housing's one of them. You know. When, when you come from a certain lifestyle, you know, formerly incarcerated, I, I sit down and, and I thought about what does that mean? Well, for some people, it means a conviction, you know, and that stigma. For other people, it's not only the conviction, the stigma, but it's, it's this lifestyle that you come from, you know. Um, so I was here, and then one of my good homies passed away um, Sorry in, in that. semester. And then, so I'm just like, you know, it's part of the lifestyle, you know, like that's, that's what happens sometimes. You know, you live a certain way and it's just, it happens, you know, sadly it does. It catches up. So that was a little, a little, it wasn't expected. Um, rest in peace to my homie. And um, so, you know, I struggled. I, 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 I was overwhelmed my first semester. Community college didn't prepare me for this. Um, I feel like it was because Berkeley is more rigorous the writing, I, I really struggled. The reading is so dense. Um, <laughs> it's like super dense. I know what you're talking about. So I have to read a paragraph like five, six times. Even it, then. It's like, what the hell? Even then. <laughs> I had some rough ones, man. I was like, what did I read? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, you know, my homie passes away. So, I, you know, I'm, at the end of the year comes, I end up with like a, I ended up, what did I end up with? A A minus. Um, I think a B plus and like a, another B plus or something. So so I, I managed to do good. Pretty good GPA. I managed to do good. And then here we are next semester and I'm, I was like, I'm ready. Here we go, ain't, ain't nothing coming down here. You know, like I got this. And uh, so I, so you know, we're, we're now we're, we uh, folks from Underground Scholars set up something with one of the professors. Shout out to uh, Dr. Harding for uh, establishing the first I believe in the nation, uh, formerly incarcerated uh, research cohort. Very cool. So we start working with Professor Harding, and he starts, you know, basically mentoring us and helping us, you know, with, you know, giving some some for for some of us like jobs, paid research positions, and for some of us or all of us like that that support that that mentorship. Um, so he that that's that started in uh, spring 2018. Um, everything was set up. Everything was good to go. And uh, yeah, you know, like like I said, this this lifestyle is is, is a tough one. So come February, you know, my, my my mom calls me and I'm at I'm at the house, 
and you know I'm at the house and one of the homies was with me um, and she just told me hey they killed your dad you know so so Shit. I'm here yeah. so here I'm here right. yeah um, but you know I, I, that's that's what I said when I when I kind of touched on it earlier like for some of us like convictions but for a lot of us we experience death you know uh, there's experience of death um, uh, overdoses or, or, or being killed or shot whatever so yeah, you know, my father, um, he was killed along with two other people. Um, was that in Mexico still? Yeah, Tijuana. That's a violent, violent town. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I went down there, managed like some of the so funeral uh, cremation arrangements, had to transfer his body, do a lot of stuff, you know, identify the body, etc. You know. Um, and I came back, like within, I flew back twice, back to back uh, every other week, uh, twice, twice in a month, you know, to to do the paperwork and then again for for the service. I came back like nothing. I swear, I was like, all right, here we go, back back at it again because you know, you for me at least, I, it was it's like normalized. You're you get used to this, you know. Um, so I come back and and I'm I'm ready to go, and and I sit down and I can't read, I can't write, I can't do anything. Um, you know, I, I think it hit differently. Hard to concentrate. It, it, yeah, it, it hit very differently this time. Um, you know, it was it was it took a toll on me. Um, you know, thought about dropping out just to take a semester off. You know, I kind of consulted some other students, and and they said, for some students, it's, it's once they they pretty much leave for semesters, they're they're less likely to come back. So I said, I'm almost done, you know, a couple more months. Stay on the gas. I guess I stayed on it, and uh, I don't know how, but, you know, I, I managed. You know, again, I, I did end up dropping, I think, two classes. Um, I could only Lighten do two. the load a little bit, yeah. push through. So I did that, and everything went well. I mean, I'm still here. Almost done. Almost done, just a couple, two more semesters, semester and a half. Congratulations, so, man. Thank you. You're going to walk pretty soon. Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you, man? Um, Your heart's in the community, sounds like. That's yeah, that's... Kind of built into you. Yeah. Um, well, I like to look at... Um, I started to, to do research, yet I still don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but, you know, when, my first summer, which was, you know, after a couple months after my dad's death, I applied for this uh, fireball um, research... Um, program and I started doing research so it gave me a first a taste of my research yeah I saw that in your LinkedIn profile I think the fireball oh. something I didn't know what that was fireball. yeah it's a fireball so it's a research so kind of like to get your feet wet basically to help you do research so I focused on for me it was it was a it was it was shocking amazing it was like something totally different when I came to underground scholars yeah what does research mean right yeah yeah research um, so I just did research like I interviewed individuals that's research. Um, <laughs> so I interviewed individuals. I, I started writing something, and it's it, something that fascinated me, that interests me, you know. And uh, th so my research, this one focused on northerners and southerners. Interesting. Um, so norteños and sureños, yeah. um, though they do not meet the same. Let me just say that clearly. Um, so I looked at how is it that, you know, these two groups who are at, at least painted uh, by society or who also have this quote-unquote rivalry, while incarcerated and on the streets, are able to work together. Um, so I did research on that with individuals in the space of the underground scholars. Um, 
So that paper is, st is still in the process. But, but, but you I. You might be published? Uh, I hope so. That'd if not, cool. I'll, publish, I'll publish it myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. You Put like, it on Amazon. Throw, yeah, like, you know, like, let, let's get this information out because, you know, I find some interesting stuff. That'd be you know, cool if you got it in a journal. Obviously, with, with, with the support of resources, uh, the, being around individuals, uh, like find individuals or people who you can relate to. That kind of I found that that kind of obviously that helps and and, and it's something that, that continues to to help you uh, throughout the, your journey. Can you share it? I'd love to read it. Um, sure. When when I'm done writing it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a process, especially when you're an undergrad that doesn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> so I, I manage I'm, I'm managing my way. So yeah. So but but currently I'm I'm working on another. Um, I'm doing the honors uh, the senior honors thesis program for my department in sociology. So is your GPA have to be to be a honors student? At least three point five. And uh, yeah, I got in, uh, and and I'm happy to be in the program. So now I'm looking at how um, these gang policing tactics actually uh, produce and reproduce criminality, and how they fragment communities. Interesting. Um, so that's 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 where I'm at right now. Um, I'm, I'm I'm barely in the preliminary stages, um, but at the end of the day, we, I want to look into the that that kind of will hopefully sh uh, lead me into kind of conceptualizing a term that doesn't refer to individuals as gang members or former gang members. Because, you know, I, I feel like for some of us, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, and I, I feel like this, I can speak for some individuals, this is, this is not just like, we're not just what they say. You know, you have these quote unquote gang members in these institutions. Um, and some of us are, we still own, we still have that connection, whether it's emotional, mental connection to our homies back in our neighborhoods who we now understand, or at least I do through through my research and, and through scholarships and books and articles that, you know, these are individuals who are really just targeted um, and, and, and they're discriminated against. Um, not just on top, not just having uh, these convictions, but also, you know, the, the way they dress, the way they they group together, you know, certain things. So, so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to conceptualize a new term that refers to individuals in a more humanizing way, um, and that's 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 to come hopefully. Because we all are we all are just people, right? Yes, yeah. correct. So, what do you want people to know? Um, that we're out here. Yeah, <laughs> we we're we're pushing through. Um, You're making changes. Making changes, um, in 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 where there's research, where it's in policy. You know, there's a lot of individuals doing great work, amazing work. And I know there's more to come um, with more individuals like us coming in who understand these, um, how, how, who have experienced, um, you know, the incarceration or, you know, being policed or, you know, anything that has, has landed you to, to be, uh, you know, incarcerated and be affected by, by incarceration in society as in, in general. So what happens after the bachelor's degree? Go for a master's? Want to be a doctor? PhD maybe. Um, as of right now, um, I'm I'm shooting for a PhD in sociology. However, I'm that's heavy. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's it's, it's a, a lot, lot of, of work. It's a lot of school. It's a lot of work. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, but I'm also uh, thinking about ethnic studies, uh, a PhD in ethnic studies, and maybe just just I just want to take a class and, and see if I actually like like law, you know, because I know I can. There's there's a lot to be done in that sector. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, like I don't, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. 
it's still up for debate. I still got a year to apply to grad school. Like a lot of undergrads, um, you're still kind of exploring. Yeah. See what's out there. Yeah, I rather I rather work with 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 community. You know, it's not about the money. Yeah. You know, it's not, it, it, I don't think it's been about the money. Well, Juan, you're on the radar. We're gonna have to follow you. So oh, you my who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on my radar. Are the cops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's that's kind of it's kind of. Um, They're all done with you. <laughs> Unless you come and talk to them about what to do right. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm researching the, their tactics, so I best best believe I'm gonna be publishing that yeah. for sure. What do they know, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're just messing things up. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically it. The PhD is next, um, or JD. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I didn't have options before, and I was like, I'm overwhelmed with options and yeah. opportunities. So I'm just like, I'm just, I'm gonna decide it, but but. That's a good spot to be in. A very good spot, yeah. for sure. It's a, it's a good dilemma to have. Very blessed to have this this dilemma. So you got more tough mutters ahead of you too. Oh yeah, more more tough mutters. Um, maybe a Spartan one, a Spartan race. Have you done the Spartans yet? I haven't done it. It's but, totally different. You got to carry some shit. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as of right now, I'm still in training, so you know I'm trying to live this healthy lifestyle in all aspects of my life. Um, I'll run with you. Yeah, I actually kind of more walk and jog. So. Oh, that, that's what I need because I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not at that. Yeah, I'm not fast. So, I'm all not right, fast. Juan, it's a pleasure. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Thank you for having me. I look forward to what you do next. All right, thank you. Appreciate it.